0: I just had like a truly. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was a little nervous. I get nervous with these. I don't know why.
1: I feel you. I mean, I was, of course, again, I didn't know much about, you know, yeah. I was like, all right, I don't know what to expect or anything, but it's good to have a healthy dose of nerves.
0: You know it what does, I'm it does. And uh, when I started this venture, it was. I found myself doing public speaking more, Mm. and now we get, like, the knot in my stomach, very uncomfortable. And I started my venture of, like, videography and doing content creation for, like, entrepreneurs or people in the Latino community. That's my main niche. Mm. Just giving them quality content at an affordable price. And then I'm like, I need to get behind the camera, like, in front of the camera now. I've been behind it, and it's different. I understand their nerves and everything being in front of the camera, so...
1: I almost did that. uh I almost did it like I should have went public speaking route because I did a lot of public speaking yeah. randomly when I was younger, and um I was really good at it. You know, were you? Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, I applaud
0: you, know. you, man. It's 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 tough. It it's fun and it, once you get out of your head, I think, yeah, it it just everything comes in together. Of course. Of course. And as an entrepreneur, is it's definitely a key thing because you want to brand yourself. I mean, you got to step
1: out of your side of your comfort zone. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And like, again. Part of being an entrepreneur is putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations. Yeah, feeling you know? uncomfortable with the uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Well, this is going to start the episode of Ponte Pilas. I love that. Uh, today I have Val, Valentine. Valentine. Thank you for being today on Ponte Pilas. I appreciate you. Uh, for those who don't know you or follow you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, Valentine. I uh, was born and raised in Boston, 37 years old. Um, I'm a professional chef. Uh, I've been cooking for about 20 years now. Um and as of recently, uh, I just stepped away from the restaurant I was at, and that was huge, you know. Yeah. Uh, and right now, I'm in the midst of trying to start uh, my own venture, uh, which is uh, a taqueria. Oh,
0: um, you're speaking to the right yeah. guy, man.
1: Um, and like me and my fiance, you know we we don't know of any like black owned taquerias. Yeah. So we kind of want to set out to be the first black owned taqueria because you don't, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't normally associate exactly. tacos and, and that sort of food with like the black diaspora. Um, but it's something that brings me joy. It's something that brings us joy and it's something that brings people joy. I mean, everybody loves tacos, yeah. you know, and everybody loves good food. So that's where I'm on right now.
0: And it's an experience too. So like personally, tacos you can get very creative with it. Of course. And, and if you go to Mexico, they're changing the dynamic of the taco because they're bringing different influences like Japanese-inspired, yeah. Arabic, uh, even just the most popular dishes like the taco de, de, de birria oh, yeah, and the yeah. and, and, uh, pastor that, the pas- comes, from, that yeah, comes from different... Exactly. I you think know, it's
1: Turkish. That, the <laughs> Turkish brought, yeah. brought that to Mexico. So,
0: you know, it's, it's definitely something that it's a great plate to kind of be creative, you know, yeah, for sure. And I I wish you all the success. I know it's going to be successful, so I'm excited it. to see yeah, that I'd happening. I'd love for you to come through sometime oh, yeah, when, for we sure. it, when we get it popping. So what made you decide to move into entrepreneurship? Um,
1: It's something that's always been on my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, even from when I was younger, you know, I always knew I wanted to own a business. I didn't at the time know exactly what it was because I didn't know what I, you know, what direction I was going to go. But I always wanted to work for myself and and provide my own money yeah Uh, i didn't grow up with a lot you know my mom raising you know being biracial my mom being white raising two biracial children in the city and everything like that um she made it happen for us but of course we didn't grow up with a lot so we always had to get it for ourselves and that's been part of you know me you know instilled in me so i've always wanted to get my own thing and do my own thing um so
0: yeah that's amazing what got you into the culinary arts why why food um,
1: food, why food? I mean, I love to eat as you can see. A big guy. <laughs> um, but I, it was, it, my dad was actually the one that, you know, kind of put that nugget in me when yeah. I was younger. Cause he's a, she was a chef. When i was younger i mean he doesn't do it anymore he's been doing construction for the past like 20 plus uh, okay, years but okay. when i was younger he was a chef and of course being a young impressionable kid yeah looking up to your dad and and you know your parents and stuff like that i saw him and was like wow that's that's cool i want to be a chef and that's something that stuck with me and i mean i come from a big family on both sides i'm jamaican and italian okay so heavy food on, oh, yeah. on, on both sides and what no matter what it is so i was always surrounded by that um but food also made me happy. You know, food makes other people happy. Yeah, and you can tell a story through food. You know, you don't have to speak the same language or anything like that. Correct. I think it's one of the biggest bridges to gap any culture. You know, is is food for sure. So that's what kind of started me and my dad, and you know, growing up. I went to I went to high school, at Madison Park Technical Vocational. Give a shout out to them. Okay, okay, um, for culinary arts. But it's still at that time I wasn't a hundred percent sure and set on the fact that I was going to be cooking for the rest of my life or that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had an opportunity to go join the military. Um, I had an opportunity to go play uh, college football. Um, And Again, firm believer in everything happens for a reason. You know, yeah. you hear that a lot, but it's so true. It's true. Um, You know, my mom almost passed in high school, so I didn't want to go into the military at the time. Uh, then I got injured my senior year of high school. Yeah. My scholarship got dropped and taken away because of my injury. Yeah. But I was already doing the cooking, and I, you know, I was like, you know, this is where I was meant to be. This is this, you know. I of course I didn't see it like that at the time. Yeah. Um, but I stuck with it, and I realized like. This is where I was supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, providing, you know, that story through my food and, and stuff like
0: that and making those connections to people. And I can imagine that could be so tough, you know, like you have your vision set on I'm, you're you're drawing out your future, you know, especially during that time is like you're we, I think we're put so much pressure on where what do we want to become. And I could only imagine, you know, going through the hardship of your mother and even your injury as well. You know, it's just your things are, your life is falling apart. And it's great to see and hear that, you know, food is kind of something that was brought to you. And it's, it's, it's a blessing in disguise because, like you said, I think cult- culturally for us, food does unite us. We could be having, and I think I, I, we grew up in this is that like we could have problems as a family, but whenever we got to the table, that was our, our, our space of sanity, you yeah, know? That, like that we, was that ground. We goal. share that middle ground yeah. where all issues, anything that's happening in the outside world or even within the family oh. are set aside and we enjoy a meal <laughs> for together. For sure. For sure. So that, that's beautiful. Yeah, man. Thank you. What advice would you give to a young person that's, you know, going through a hardship like similar to yourself that you experience? Well,
1: one thing... There's a mantra that I, I recite to myself, you know, a couple times a day, every day. And yeah. you know, it just replayed in my head. And I learned it in high school playing football. And my coach gave it to me. It was uh to stay hungry, stay humble, and stay focused. You know, those three things, no matter what it is that you're doing in life, uh, what's going on, never forget to stay hungry. You know, hungry for knowledge, hungry for learning, hungry for new experiences and stuff like that. Um, Stay humble. You know, know yourself stay grounded, know where you came from, you know, don't think you know everything because life is a learning process. You never stop learning and stay focused, you know, stay focused on the task at hand, Yeah, stay focused on your goal, whatever it is that may be. But I definitely recite that to myself and it stuck with me and that's why it's with me to this day.
0: No, that's great, great advice. And, you know, I think the element of the all three, you know, kind of guides you to the right Direction and get out of any situation as well. For sure, it's like the holy trinity of uh,
1: <laughs> you know of, of quotes. Uh, you know, to me, yeah, that's you know good. Because it's again, you you never stop learning. You know, yeah. you should never want to stop and think you know everything. You know, you should always want to be humble with yourself and with other people. You know, and of course, focused, always so,
0: focused. So you got out of high school, and I'm assuming that you went straight into like, oh, a yeah, restaurant after college. Not,
1: no, actually, after high school, I went into college. Okay, yeah, it wasn't something that was. At the forefront of my mind, but, uh, you know, me being the first one in my family who actually went to college and that whole deal, like, it, it was a big thing for me. Um, so I did, yeah. Right after high school,
0: college. I had the
1: summer off and then went right into college. Um, yeah, I attended Newberry College in Brookline, Mass., okay. but it's no longer there anymore. <laughs> which um, <laughs> You know, it was wild. But, yeah, I graduated with my B.A. Um, That's amazing. Uh, hotel Restaurant Management and mm-hmm. Hospitality. So, you know, it's I've been doing this for a while. now.
0: What are some of the things that you go in the restaurant industry that the day to day person doesn't know about? What goes behind doors?
1: Oh, man. I mean, everybody. I know sees, you got some crazy stories. Man. Oh, I mean, yeah, man. I could probably write a book about it. But, of course, everybody sees the the glitz and the glamour of the restaurant industry. Yeah you know you go into a spot wow it looks beautiful wow you know the ambiance is great the service is great the food is great but what goes into bringing all that to the people is a lot yeah you know um definitely working in the hospitality restaurant industry is not for the faint of heart yeah. you know what i'm saying like it's a lifestyle it's not something that you get into or take lightly you know especially if you're doing it professionally because And it also depends on what aspect of the industry you're into. Okay. You know, like, yeah, there's a lot of chefs. There's a lot of chefs, but, you know, compared to like a fine dining chef compared to like a corporate chef or something like that and what they do, they still cook, but it's different kind of lifestyles. But at least, you know, what I do, it's took a lot of sacrifice, you know, took a lot of sacrifice. I've sacrificed a lot of relationships, you know, time with my family, you know, missed moments with my daughter and things like that, all to pursue what it is that I truly want to do and, and what I've been doing. Um, and recently, <clears throat> uh, I was just nominated for a James Beard Award. I don't know if you know anything about the James. Ta- Beard? No, I don't. A <clears throat> so bit the about James Beard Awards it? is like the the Oscars, the culinary Oscars. Get out of yeah. here, man! Congratulations. Like just being nominated is a feat in and of itself. Oh yeah. So I made it to the semifinals and then I made it to the finals and like you go to Chicago to the Lyric Opera House and like this whole big, you know, black tie affair and everything like that. It was dope. But like moments like that <clears throat> really kind of solidified, you know, everything that I've done up until that point was for something. Yeah. You know, it was all the sacrifice. All the sacrifice, all the time, all the hours, all everything. The emotions and everything like that—it all wasn't for nothing. Yeah. You know, like again, just being nominated, making it to the finals, seeing my name—you know—being yeah. announced by, you know, some of the greatest chefs in the entire country, being surrounded by some of the greatest chefs and minds and culinary minds in the entire country. Being recognized on that stage, I was like, wow, that was huge. Yeah. You know, that moment right there I was like, okay, again, this was not all for nothing.
0: It's validation. And also, I'm pretty sure for your your daughter, it just shows that, oh, you know, course. you're giving a great example because you're pursuing your passion and something that you are, you know, this is me. You know, you found your niche. You found what you really are passionate about. And you're going after after it and seeing, you know, progress, you know? Yeah, man. And so, it's
1: like, it's, it's huge for me. Coming from where I've come from, coming from the inner city, you know, I want to be an advocate for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's many opportunities that my life could have went left. You know, I could have yeah. went and done something else and, and followed a different path just because of my surroundings and what I was around. Agree. But I want to be, and again, an advocate for that. Like, you don't need to succumb to your surroundings. You don't need to just fall in line with everything that's around you. You can rise above that, you know, and really do more. Again, it's always, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. If you truly want to do it, you'll make the time and the effort to do
0: it. So, And you were talking a little bit earlier about like the sacrifices. And I remember having this conversation. We're talking earlier that my daughter's in the culinary arts and she's very passionate about that. And for me, it was, it was a, It was a struggle understanding her perspective because she's like that I could be like a personal chef. You know, I can make a certain amount if I cook for certain families on their holidays and this and that. And for me, it's like giving her the example of like, yeah, but you're missing out your own families, you know, gathering, you're sacrificing, spending time with family and, and, you know, pretty much your holidays, you know. Or pursue what you want to dream. But then I I restrain myself because I want to, you know, promote her. I want to encourage her to kind of go after her dreams. And it's just me teaching myself that this is her vision. This is her story. And those are the things that she's okay sacrificing because she's pursuing the things that she wants. to. So it's kind of training myself like, okay, I need to support her in what she wants to go and achieve. And even if it doesn't look the way I want it to, it's her vision and it's the way she, she her tolerance of things that she wants to. Yeah. That's appreciate. huge. I mean,
1: and the fact that you, as a parent, you know what I'm saying? You, you have that mentality is, is already great. You know what I'm saying? Um, Cause I honestly didn't know what I was signing up for. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know about, you know, being able, having to work every single holiday, you know what I'm saying? Not be able to go out with my friends when I want to and, and not be around, you know, for special occasions and stuff like that. Like, it got to the at first it bothered me but then it got to the point where that's just what it was you know yeah. i knew what it was and other people started realizing what it was like okay we we're not going to call val because we know <laughs> where he's at you yeah. know um but again in in the pursuit of your your dream and pursuit of you know your happiness and what you really want to do yeah, sacrifices uh, need to be made you know, regardless of what it
0: is. And it's really nice to hear that you set those boundaries, you know, like your friends respected that, you know, even though you they wanted to get you involved in going out and stuff like that, they knew you set those boundaries very clear that this is a non-negotiable for me, this is what I'm doing, think of me for other occasions, but yeah. this is what I'm going after. Yeah,
1: and your real friends, you know what I'm saying, your yeah. real friends and family and stuff like that, the like ones that truly understand um you know i had friends that fell off just because of that you know and we didn't talk anymore you know but those friends that still hit me up knowing <laughs> yeah. knowing i know he's gonna say he's working yeah but at least i'm reaching out and being like those are the real ones right there you know those, saying, are, the those ones. are the ones that that are still supportive of me and when you know big things like the award i was talking about happened they also know like this is exactly why this man was doing what he was doing. Yeah. You know, this is exactly why he didn't come to my 22nd birthday turn up because <laughs> he was, you know, focused yeah. on what he was doing.
0: And then that's key. And the, like, you know, I have in the previous episodes, you know, the five people you surround yourself with are very important. And just knowing that you have that inner circle of people that value you and they see the things that you want to pursue. That's yeah, key. for sure. You know, and and
1: and want to see you to succeed, you know, yeah. that push you. You know
0: so we're let's paint the picture now so you're out of college you're in the in the workforce how long have you been working at the restaurant industry
1: um so a, a total I would want to say about eighteen nineteen years let's call it okay total that I've been like in the restaurant industry um it got more like professional I guess after college um you know because my focused as far as like the type of food that I wanted to be doing changed. Okay. You know, so the type of restaurants followed, you know, type of food, the type of restaurant that all shifted, you know. And again, you can do there's so many facets of the food service industry. Yeah. You know, so many different types of foods, cuisines, like how the foods are presented that you can you can go through. You know, I worked at Fenway Park. You know, I worked there when uh, they won the LCS for the first time, went back to the World Series for the first time, you know, which was a really dope experience. And then I worked, you know, country clubs, private clubs, fine dining restaurants, you know, kind of fast casual restaurants, you know. So all types of all types of things, all types of food, all types of like uh, different yeah, just all types of different uh, facets of the food service industry.
0: What, what advice would you give to someone that is kind of stuck in one facet and they want to go into a different thing? What kind of helped you to kind of leave a certain thing that you were comfortable with maybe or in expanding into something that's more challenging?
1: Um, It was just the want. You yeah. know what I'm saying? like. I was seeing, you know, I I watched a lot of, you know, um, Iron Chef and stuff growing up, like food shows and things, and just following different chefs that I did and realizing like, okay, you know, it was cool to learn this one type of food and do this one type of thing, but I'm really want to do like fine dining, like I am immerse yourself, read books, pull up to a restaurant and ask them if they need help, you know, ask them if you can stage for free. And that's, yeah. I've done that numerous times, Yeah, you know, um, you just got to put yourself out there again, As a closed mouth doesn't get fed. That's true. You know, so if that's what you want, you just have to go after it, you know, and don't be afraid because kitchens are always looking for help, yeah. regardless of of, of you know what kind of food they're doing, and free help at that is even better, so <laughs> nobody's gonna turn down free help, oh yeah, but it's also a chance for you to get in there and and learn some things, even if it's for a week, you know, working under a really well known chef and and their team learning from them, you know again, even if it's free, you're gaining so much more knowledge than you could in a dollar amount,
0: yeah, um I've worked in the restaurant industry in my early years. And a lot of, I think one thing that surprised me, a lot of people don't see kind of the 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 standards, you know. Uh, and I'm going into the direction of, if, if people just think, oh, you cook and that's it, you're done, you yeah, go home. Yeah. It's like, no, you have like three, four hours after the restaurant yeah. closes of sanitations, yeah, yeah. taking out all the mats, Thanks. cleaning out all the freezers. So <laughs> can you talk a little bit about that, the mayhem that goes about, you know, oh, finishing sure. a day? Um.
1: Even just with the start of the day, you know what I'm saying? Again, people only see the one part. The, the Instagram the, picture. The, of the, you <laughs> <have> the Instagram <laughs> for, Oh, my God. That looks so nice. <laughs> Look at this restaurant. But you don't understand that there's people there from 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, most recently at the restaurant I was just at, 7 o'clock in the morning, the first prep guy was there. We're making all the fresh bread. We're making doing all the prep, getting ready for that night. And then the service happens. So you don't see the, you know, nine hours beforehand. And then you, you know, we get into service. And then that whole mayhem, that whole, whole, you know, especially on a busy Friday, Saturday night, tickets rolling in, you know, people love watching it. It's cool. But then after that, after everybody leaves, we have to break down. We have to change over pans. We have to make sure things are cooled down properly. Yeah. We have to make sure the line's broken down and cleaned and set and ready for the next day. So, yeah, the kitchen may close at 11 o'clock, but we're there until midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, making sure that everything is in order for the next day. You know? And doing it all over <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, and doing it all <laughs> over yeah. again. So that, you know, when people are like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're out by like, no, 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 no. I'm out. At by at least one in the morning. Yeah. And yeah, the the place where I was just at, uh, it was very, I mean, there's some chefs that, you know, can come in and be out by like, you know, six, seven yeah, o'clock yeah. or whatever. At least where I was, it was very hands on. You know what I'm saying? Like I was doing the prep. I was helping out on cooking on a line. I'm cleaning. I'm doing, you know, wearing multiple different hats. So it's not just like, you know, a cushy thing where, you know, you sit back and tell people what to do and smile <laughs> for the camera and shake hands and kiss babies. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It can be a lot.
0: I think we're kind of like, with like chef Ramsey and that kind of like TV <laughs> persona that people, I mean, I've experienced that type of environment too, yeah. where I've, I've worked at Italian restaurants where the, sh- the, the owner of the chef gets so mad and throw a pan across the room, you yeah. know? And it's like, those are the little things that you're like, Am I being abused? Am I, you know? And those are little things that not all places work the same way. And I think putting yourself in the right environment is key too. Yeah. But I think you have to experience those things to to know what's good.
1: Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's as much anymore, you know what I'm saying, about (laughs) chefs throwing pans and shit like that. But um, there are just toxic work environments, you know what I'm saying? Um, Places that you go to and they just want to use you to do things and not try to elevate you not try to you know teach you things you know I've been in places like that where they just want you as a pair of hands and and then that's, that's it right. yeah you know at least wherever I am I literally I try to foster that you know I try to make sure that you're learning you know you have a it's a place that you want to be because we spend more time with each other at work than we yeah. do with anybody else in our lives, which is wild to think about, Yeah, you know, like I see some of these people more than I do my own mother or my daughter for that, yeah. for that matter, you know? So why wouldn't you want it to be a positive and work environment, a positive place to be like, you want to come to work. Exactly. Know? But yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta go through a few t- before you find the, the, the right, right place, fit, you know? um But I think nowadays with mental health being such a, you know, a hot topic, especially within the food industry, food service industry, because it, it wasn't talked about. Oh, no. And it's still, you know, a touchy subject, even though we're making some kind of headway with it. Um, But it's true, though, you know, you, you need to be in the right state of mind when you go into work, you know, yeah. around open flames, sharp objects, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, hot environments, 500 degree ovens, you know, you not being in the right headspace oh, yeah. will affect, Service will affect you and potentially could hurt other people.
0: And, All right. So tell me about a little bit about what's what's coming next.
1: Okay. So, um, again, I've always wanted to start my own business and me and my fiance, since we got together, uh, we've been, we, we met in, in the kitchen, you know, yeah. we're both, and she's not, she doesn't cook anymore, but we met in the kitchen and we both have a passion for hospitality, food, you know, Bringing that to the masses, you know, that's, that's us. Yeah. Uh, so it's something that we've been talking about for a while, but during quarantine, everything got shut down. Oh, yeah. Um, and that kind of was the catalyst for where we're at today. Uh, it started off with somebody just asking us to make some extra tacos for, uh, Cinco de Mayo because I was already making them. And I was like, well, fuck it. I mean, we've been talking about this for so long. I was like, why don't we just buy some extra stuff? See if we can, like, sell, you know, see if this is actually going to work. But, of course, this is at a time where we didn't know if people were going to want to come to somebody else's house (laughs) to buy food in this at this time.
0: Oh, man. I remember coming from the groceries. My wife sanitized. Everything. Yeah. Clorox, everything.
1: (laughs) So, it was like, you know, it was kind of a shot in the dark. We didn't know if this was actually going to work, if this was going to be a thing, if this could work. And it did. Like, you know, we did. We put it on put it out there and it sold out and we got a really good response. It was like, wow. I, okay. So I think this is, I think we got a thing. We got something, hands. you know, right we got there. something. Yeah. So um, that's what we did. We, we, we stuck with it and we ran with it for like for the rest of quarantine. And we were doing brunches. We were doing lunches, you know, like all out of our little pink kitchen, <laughs> <at our laughs>
0: house,
1: you know? um, But I think what helped too was the fact that a lot of the people that started coming new who i was yeah they knew what i did and it wasn't like you just you were just coming to some rando's house to come buy some a plate of food or whatever yeah so i think that uh, that really helped us um with the people coming out and feeling more comfortable you know like okay we know he's a professional guy we know he yeah. you know, he does what he does he's cooked where he's cooked we know his food's good so cool um but of course, we we st- like I said, we stuck with that and it was really good turnouts and we had a lot of fun doing it. And it really helped us because it gave us something to do. You yeah. know, we weren't just sitting there not doing anything, you know, wondering about, you know, this side of the third. It gave us an occupation, it gave us like life, you know, and it sustained exactly. us through quarantine. Um, but of course, after that was over, everybody went back to work. Yeah. And it kinda died because again, all my time was focused at work. Yeah. That's all I that's all I could do. Um, we try to fit in some pop-ups here and there, which we did. Um, and we started taking it a bit more serious when we realized we both kind of realized, like, all right, listen, we don't want to work for somebody else anymore. Correct. You know, I think the time has come in both of our lives and both of our careers where we're like, listen, we gotta do something about this. Cause I don't want to be under somebody else's thumb for the rest of my life. You know, having somebody else sign my paychecks and waiting, you know, we didn't want to do that. Um, like, so we started putting on more, you know, so we went from working like five days a week to like seven days a week. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was just on the days off. It was, you know, okay, we're coming home. We're prepping. We're getting ready for the weekend. Uh, okay. Here's another pop up. And now we're back to our regular jobs. Um,
0: and it's a lot of sacrifice. You it know? is, it is. You're, you're pretty much, people's like, you're, you're wearing all these hats at your current position and then you get home and it's like, now you're pursuing your, yeah. your vision, your, your, your purpose, you know? And I think that's the creative space. And that's why I love entrepreneurship and people who are risking, you know, because it's that you're leaving that comfort, that stability to pursue something that you don't know if it's going to be rewarding or not. But I think just, you know, putting in that extra effort paving a way little by little, you know, towards your dreams, it's what it builds that little snowball effect.
1: Yeah, man. And and that's what it was. It was a snowball effect. Um, you know, we went and we LLC'd ourselves, you know, we started making the 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 proper steps to get to that point. Um uh, we partnered up with another restaurant. I don't know if you ever heard of Revival Cafe. I haven't. You haven't, um no. they have one here in Owlwife, um Davis Square. Okay. But I know the owner of it, but we you know we partnered up with him, did something out of the Davis Square location that really popped off, which was caused cool. like now nah, we this that was kind yeah. of a solidification, like okay, yeah, the, all the little ones that we did, but the fact that we had the showing that we did for that one, and it was probably one of the best ones that we've ever done, I was like now nah, we we need to make this happen, yeah, so uh, it kind of went from uh us doing a bunch of like fun comfort food stuff. Uh, to focus on tacos because okay. everybody again everybody loves that's tacos. the one that's the one right there, you know. Uh, so it went from one name we started out with uh, uh calling ourselves Fat Munchies, okay, um, to now we are Black Cat Taqueria, Black Cat Tacos, Black Cat, tacos. Black Cat tacos. I love it. You know I love it. So I mean, it's kind of a play on two black cats, you know, what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. making tacos. Um, but that's where we are right now, and we're at the point where. Uh, Business plan is like almost done. Yeah. Um, Just need some help fine tuning it and just trying to look for money. You know, that's the biggest thing right now is is money. The concepts there, the ideas there, the talents there. Now it's just the money part.
0: What are outside of money? What challenges have you guys faced from the LLC to the point where you are today? Um,
1: nothing really like the LLC went pretty smooth and and that's, and I love the fact that we have that already. Um, and I think that's a key, that was a key thing into like any business, Yeah, you know, is getting yourself set up like that. So that way you can start, um, you know, getting business credit, you know, things like that, uh, writing things off and, you know, tax information and things like that. Um, and then the business plan side, that's, you know, that's the other huge side of it, too, um, especially for potential investors and yeah. people that may want to, you know, partake in everything. You know, they want to see. Yeah, you've got this pop up going on we see people, you know, what I'm saying, but what's what's it really looking like? Yeah. You know, so
0: they want to see numbers. They, they want to see course,
1: they want to see numbers and stuff like that. So that's where that's where we're at
0: right now. That's good. That's yeah. a great pivot point. And obviously, I love the fact that you're looking for resources you know Uh, there's one thing doing it the your your own way and being i grew up with a couple business owners that no they won't take loans i think it's just culture itself that we don't like to take on that but i think you know you having that open visibility to open your doors to have people come in and fund this business or to the vision to really fulfill go full circle and
1: get up and running it's key you know oh for sure i mean any kind of avenue, I mean, we're looking for grants, we're looking for, you know, investors, we're looking for loans, um, angel investors, it doesn't really matter, you know what I'm saying? Like, the goal is to get this place open. Yeah. The goal is to get ourselves from uh, our pink little kitchen into a brick and mortar brick and mortar into a space that yeah. you know people can actually come to and sit down and enjoy and we can have more fun with it, you know. Yeah. And we're not bound by the limitations of just what we have available to us, you know. Um but yeah, open being open to a lot of things like that, of course, people, there's some people that yeah, absolutely will not take a loan. They just, you know, like no.
0: <laughs> no. This is gonna become a reality this, one yeah, way or another. One way or another.
1: Um, And, of course, it's just setting the boundaries. So if, of course, if you want to invest, if you want to have people invest, um, setting boundaries on that, you know, yeah. like drawing up legal things and being like, you know, OK, well, this is how much we're looking for. This is what you get in return, you know, and doing all that stuff. And that's the more challenging thing right now, I think, yeah. is <clears throat> making that pitch, making that pitch to people who potentially, you know, have some money laying around and see a good, you know, like pitching that to me. Like, hey, this is a good business opportunity for you. You know, like you should do this. You know, you should work with us because this is going to be great for not only us, but for you. You All right, Val, give me your pitch. So free tacos for life for (laughs) $20,000. I just think with my track record, you know, uh, my... My professional track record, the concept that we have right now, that this would be a great opportunity. Yes, there are a lot of taquerias. There are a lot of places you can go get tacos, but there's not a lot of places that are black owned, brown owned, <clears throat> and give you the quality of service and food that I think we will bring to the table with, you know, our concept. So, <clears throat> sorry. Um,
0: no, and I, I just, I agree with you. Boston has tacos. I I grew up in California. Every corner, you get one. Oh, you yeah, know, man. over here, it's a it's an untapped market. You know, especially for that kind of food. Um, setting yourself apart now is it's it's a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there are a lot of there are a lot of taco places. Again, there are a lot of. I think there's a little over three hundred different taco places within the state of Massachusetts. Yeah. Um. And half of those being within the Boston and Greater Boston area. And we would like to be a point of difference in that scene. You know, of course you can go get tacos from a lot of other places, but I feel like the vibe and the quality of service, the quality of food that we are going to bring, and the creativity um, that we'd also add to the mix would be a fantastic, you know, addition to the scene, a food scene here in Boston, the greater Boston area. Yeah.
0: And I think that's that's the key element right there, the experience. Yeah. People, I mean, I, I find myself going places for the experience itself. And if the food backs it up and the experience aligns there, it's just it's a no-brainer.
1: But yeah, we, we wanna be the we wanna be the trifecta of things for a great spot. I feel the three things you need are good service, good food. And great ambiance, you know, and a lot of places don't really deliver on all, all three. three. Correct. You know, sometimes you get a spot that's really good food, but the service was horrible and it kind of looks shitty inside. You know what I'm saying? But like, but that, that all outweigh because it has good food. Like, yeah. No, you know, we want that, again, being that point of difference where not only does this place look great, the food is great, like the hospitality and the service is on par with some of the best restaurants in the city. So even for just a small taqueria.
0: Yeah, and I think you kind of went at it a little bit backwards getting into this venture where the quality is there, going through quarantine, and it, it's a direct hit. Your your experience in your industry, your your many years of dedicating to this craft shows that the, 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 the what is it called? Not the experience, the hospitality is there, you know? And the environment, man, Black Cat Tacos, I mean, yeah, man. It's, Being creative, oh, you know, and that's, yeah. that's one of the things that's going to set you guys apart. For sure. And, you know, we we want to, again, be a point of
1: difference, not only with the vibe, but, like, oh, we want to change, help try to change the face of black business. Because oh, I feel like that's one thing that's lacking um, with black businesses are consistency. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not enough consistency with a lot of black owned businesses here in the city. And that's why p- maybe people don't come back. Yeah. You don't get recurring customers. You don't get like a customer or a fan base because you're, yeah, you may have one good thing, but everything else is lacking. You know, <clears throat> we want to try to change that and be the the face of Trying to change that here in the city of Boston or the greater the greater Boston
0: area. Yeah, Nah, yeah. I'm excited. I definitely see this venture being successful and growing to you, what you have imagined. I hope my platform helps you connect to someone that you know can elevate you guys and take you guys a step further or closer to your goal. Yeah,
1: for sure, man. I appreciate you having me on, giving me the opportunity to to, to talk about it and promote us. You know what I'm saying, Black Cat. Don't forget us because we're going to be making a, a big a, a big splash here in the city
0: real soon. Usually I have a segment where we call Ponte Pilas. Any time in your life where you face the hardship or a place of discomfort that you need to overcome. Um, can you think right now, just top of your head, anything that you've experienced that <clears throat> has been very challenging for you to the point where, you know, it could have gone a different way. <clears throat> um
1: yeah, it was probably if I could point any situation. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna take my most recent experience with right now. Yeah. Um, you know leaving my job knowing that, you know, the comfortability factor, you know. I could just go work for somebody else and be comfortable on that fact and, you know, just be okay with, you know, making a paycheck and and getting paid from somebody else or whatever. But I'm taking the opportunity to not do that, to not sit on my ass and, and, and just get comfortable with just being somebody else's person and being my own person, you know, taking that leap of faith in myself. And what I truly believe in and really trying to go forward with that, you know, I don't feel like there's enough people who do that or have that experience, you know, where they can say they got uncomfortable and stayed there, you know, and just w- rested on that fact. Like, well, this, this is all I got going for me right now. Like, yeah. no. I know for a fact I have something more to offer, and this is not the end of my career or anything like that. So, this point right now, just mm-hmm. being that uncomfortable, you know, stepping outside of myself and coming into my new self, you know, shedding old skin like a snake and <laughs> yeah. coming into my my new skin.
0: Yeah. You know? And this is uh, that's Ponte right now is your Ponte moment um ponte mil pilas in my culture means you know going after the thing that you know it's calling it's your calling and it's just putting all excuses aside and really just narrowing in and going after it so thank you for sharing that thank you for having me i appreciate you man before we leave the episode any advice that you would like to give or end the episode with some people leave a quote something that you know they hold near, nearly to them or any advice you would give to anyone that's viewing this episode?
1: Um, something I said earlier, again, is something that I truly live by. <clears throat> that quote, stay hungry, stay humble, stay focused. Again, on anything it is that you're doing in life, any kind of situation you got going on, stay hungry, stay humble, stay focused, everyone.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate pleasure. you. Oh, before we end yeah. the episode, how can they get in contact <clears throat> with you?
1: Okay. Um, I have... Our personal page. Um, it's underscore Valentino underscore eighty six on Instagram. And then you can please follow our Black Cat Tacos page. It's Black Cat Tacos All Together, all smushed together on Instagram. Okay. Um, we put up posts about, you know, past uh pop ups, things that are coming right now. I actually have one uh, we just had one on Sunday. We're going to have another one this Sunday coming up. Okay. So all that information will be on uh, on the page and for any like future events or just information about wanting to get in contact with us to maybe do a private event for you or something like that. So follow Black Cat Tacos on Instagram.
0: Perfect. I'll put all the cringes there. Cool. Thank you for being on the Thank episode. Thank you very much that. for having me again. I appreciate right. you. Take care, brother. Yeah.